from Studio One at the worldwide headquarters of ESPN and from Studio HD in Atlanta, Georgia, this is Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, and on Sirius XM Channel 80. All eyes will be on the Memphis Grizzlies as they return to the, to the court with John ja Morant. All ears were on Ja yesterday as he spoke. And now the NBA needs to figure out how to move forward as we get to the last portion of the season with so much on the line for so many teams. It's Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM, Channel 80, Harry Douglas, Jason Fitz. Harry, let me just start this off by saying for all of the conversation that's being had today, right now, about the March Madness situation, NCAA tournament, unprecedented parity across the tournament, how difficult it has made it this year to figure out who's good, who's bad. If if people are just tuning into college basketball to realize that's the case, they're going to be stunned when they realize that's exactly what's happening in the NBA as we speak across the board because there are so few spots right now that can truly be said, I know what's happening, right? Like when you start thinking about the West and the East and the way the playoffs shake out, it is an absolute zoo with everybody trying to cram into just a few spots. Yeah, you look at the West from the basically from the sixth spot all the way down to the eleventh spot. You know, all of those teams are still fighting to you know be in the playoffs for that sixth spot because you don't want to be seven through ten. Seven through uh, seven through ten is the playoff is the play in situation. And you look in the Western Conference, you look all the way from the fourth spot fits all the way down to the twelfth spot. It goes that from the number four seed all the way down to the 12th seed right now. And I understand that there's no 12th seed, but I'm just counting the two teams at the 10th, which is the Utah Jazz right now, are really fighting for the playoffs. And it's crazy that you have so much parity in basketball across the board. I think in the Eastern Conference at the bottom, at the, at the, not, the, not the worst teams, but the teams that are fighting for playoff contention, but also on the, in the Western Conf- Conference, starting at that four seed, which is the Phoenix Suns right now, all the way down to 12 in the New Orleans Pelicans. And, man, the Pelicans have really, really – there were a team that I thought before the season started was going to actually be in the top four in the Western Conference – they really have missed Zion and his injury. Uh, he re-injured himself Well, when they thought he was going to come back, but that's really hurt their squad. It's interesting when you start talking about the West particularly because part of what I think makes it appealing is there's some huge brands with star players. Like the Mavs are sitting at the 8th seed right now, barely at the 8th seed. They could easily find themselves sitting in 11th spot right now also. You know, you've got the Lakers and LeBron and Willie get healthy, healthy sitting at the 11th. See, the Timberwolves who uh, do have some young talent if they can get healthy that are sitting there at the nine seed like you look up and down even the Warriors are at a six seed and the other part of it is Harry what's interesting is that we knew this was going to come down to the stretch but you're also looking at teams down the stretch that aren't playing well enough to separate themselves Oklahoma City the exception they're eight and two in their last 10 games but the Mavs team I just mentioned four and six in their last 10 games the the Lakers barely above 500 in the last 10 games you start thinking about it it feels like not only is everybody packed together but frankly on top of that Uh, nobody's separating themselves right now. So it becomes interesting and difficult to figure out what it's all going to look like because there's so much on the line. Matt Barnes, ESPN NBA analyst, joins us. Uh, Obviously, Matt, a lot of conversation. And and by the way, uh, obviously, 2017 NBA champion Matt Barnes. Uh, There'll be a doubleheader tonight, Golden State at Dallas, 7.30 p.m. uh, And then also Phoenix at the Lakers, 10 p.m. That's the game that you can hear Matt on. Uh, We'll get to that game in a second. But Ja's going to make his return 
We've been talking a lot about it, Matt. What do you expect from the Grizzlies with him back on the court? Um, from him personally, I expect a vengeance. I think, um, you know, this has been a humbling experience. You know, I think everyone wanted to, you know, obviously there were some, some mistakes and laid along the way, but I mean, it's a 23 year old kid with 200 million in the bank. You know what I mean? So I think he just had a real humbling experience. I think at some point he felt invincible. Uh, you know, the, 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 the way the world worked, it's brought him back down to earth. Uh, he had basketball taken away for the first time ever, and it wasn't because of an injury. So I expect him to come back hungry. I expect him to come back excited, energetic. And if you look at it from a different kind of standpoint, he really got like two weeks off heading into the playoffs, which is not a terrible thing. So I expect him as an individual to be a monster tonight, and I expect Memphis to follow his lead. Let's talk a little bit about the game that you're calling tonight, the Lakers versus the Suns. What chances do you give the Lakers to actually make the playoffs and then make some noise if LeBron is able to come back? I think it's all predicated upon LeBron's return. I think uh, shout-out to Rob and, and management uh, for the things they did at the trade deadline and were able to bring uh, guys that fit, guys that will be star role, guys that understand what they're there to do. Um, obviously, Anthony Davis has been healthy and playing well, and you're seeing role players kind of step up and, and figure out what they have going on. But I think their run is all predicated upon LeBron's return. Uh, but if they are able to, say, get in the play-in and, and get in the playoffs, I mean, that's going to be a nightmare matchup for, you know, the top one or two seeds where the Lakers are able to get seven or eight. Uh, I know if I'm Denver or I'm Memphis or, or, or Sacramento – I know the last thing I want to see is Anthony Davis and LeBron with a, you know, a great set of role players around them uh, in the first round of the playoffs. Matt, you mentioned those role players. What kind of adjustment is it for them when LeBron comes back? Uh, it's a huge uh, adjustment. I mean, me being a role player you know, my entire career, it's easy you know, when you're missing you know, guys that are good or are, are, are a good player, but when you're missing arguably your best player or your second best player, however you want to slice it uh, this year, it's different because, you know, with LeBron out, you're going to get more minutes, more attempts, more opportunities to score. Uh, and then obviously when he comes back, he brings his 30 points and, what, nine or ten assists. So it's just a different adjustment uh, when you're having stars come in and out. And, but it's also important to really get that rhythm and chemistry. And I feel obviously he's been out for a little bit. Um, so just it'll take a little bit of time to get that back. So to me, just depending on how LeBron, how long LeBron is out, um, you know, I see once he's back, he'll step right into where he left off, and um, you know, hopefully the team will follow. Now, Matt, have you seen the movie Life? I have. You you, you know the character can't get right. Yeah. Well, well, that's the Clippers to me. Can't get, just can't get right. Paul George left the game with an apparent leg injury. Oh, man. Uh, what have you man. made of Paul George and Kawhi Leonard uh, at their time with the Clippers up until this point? It's been unfortunate, I think. Uh, you know, obviously injuries has derailed, you know, the potential for Clipper fans. And, and Clippers always hold a soft spot in my heart because, you know, we really took pride on, and, you know, they were the doormat in the league. And, you know, our Lob City team was the first team to win a Pacific Division title in, in, in franchise history. Um, you know, obviously this team with, you know, although Kawhi got hurt, PG was able to help take this team to the Western Finals a few years ago. But they've just never been healthy at the right time going into the playoffs. So I don't know if you guys have heard any new news, but, you know, I'm praying that this is, you know, just just in the hyperextension and maybe two or three weeks and, and hopefully he'll be back, you know, some at some point in the first round of the playoffs. But it looked pretty nasty. All right, Matt, one thing I got to stress here, because this is a phrase I can't believe I'm saying. I never thought I'd say it in my lifetime. 
the Kings are going to go to the playoffs, man. And like that just doesn't happen, right? So what are, what do you make of this Kings team? Um, I think they're heading in the right direction. Uh, you know, I can't say enough great things about Mike Brown. Um, you know, I had him with the Lakers, and obviously we came right off of having Phil Jackson. So I, I think the Mike Brown experience with, uh, experiment with the Lakers didn't work. Um, but I think he got a chance to go to Golden State, get his feet back under him, and learn a lot under uh, Steve Kerr and, and that organization, which has prepared him for Sacramento. And Sacramento was looking for a foundation. They were looking for an identity. And Mike Brown has provided all that for this organization. Uh, management went out and got a bunch of shooting to put around Fox and Sabonis. And um, it's paying dividends. So, you know, obviously getting a chance to see them a lot. You know, they, they I think they're obviously the NBA darling of the, uh, of the year. But, you know, after last night, I, I literally just landed from Sacramento right now as I'm talking to you guys. And, and, and they've had a few reality checks. You know, they got a chance to play Milwaukee at home last week and, and learned how champions do it. They got a chance to play Boston at home last night and saw how teams that are on the verge of winning championships do it. So I still think they're, you know, uh, you know, they're, they're still a little bit away, but just really happy for the organization, uh, the, the, the players and the fan base, because it has been 16 years. Uh, but all in all, I feel like they're heading in the right direction. March 22nd, 2.09 p.m. Eastern time, because I know you, you might be in a different time zone. 2.09 p.m. Eastern time. Who is your favorite to win the NBA championship this year? Oh, my goodness. I'm going to have to go to the Eastern Conference, and that's hard for me because I was pretty much a lifelong Western Conference guy. But I just think the the West is so uncertain. I think the West is wide open. Um, Denver hasn't necessarily proven they can do – you know, they haven't done anything in the playoffs. And, and, and some people say, you know, hey, they went in the bubble and went to the Western Finals. But, you know, they haven't really done anything since. Milwaukee and Sacramento – or, excuse me, Memphis and Sacramento are new at the top. You know, the, the, the teams that you would think normally – Clippers, Golden State, they've been struggling. Lakers, they've been struggling. So that kind of takes my heart out of the Western Conference. And I got to give it to, if I had to pick a team right now, uh, I want to say Boston, but I'm going to take Milwaukee. I think they're on a mission. Um, Obviously, I think losing Middleton last year really hurt them. And they still gave Boston a run for their money. Um, I've got to see them up close and personal a few times this year. And they're they're just one of those teams, man. So... If I had to choose someone today, I would say the Milwaukee Bucks. I just can't believe we live in a world where Milwaukee's a power, the Nuggets, the Grizzlies, the Kings are headed to the playoffs and dominating the West. Like <laughs> this is good. This is good moment in the NBA, Matt. We yeah, appreciate yeah. your time, man. Thanks for hanging out with us. Thanks for the expertise. Have a great call tonight. Thanks, guys. I appreciate you having me. Be sure to check it out. ESPN Radio doubleheader tonight. Golden State at Dallas. That's seven thirty p.m. Also on ESPN. And then Phoenix at the Lakers, that's the game Matt will be on. That's at 10 p.m. also on ESPN. Uh, that's presented by Indeed. Coverage begins at 7 p.m. Eastern on select ESPN radio stations. You do not want to miss it. You also don't want to miss one of our favorite games. Good take, hot take, including someone making a bold claim about King James. You'll hear it next. Fitz and Harry on ESPN radio. Fitz and Harry, the podcast. Is it a good take? That's good. Great. Or a hot take? How hot? Red hot. Find out now with Fitz and Harry. Harry Douglas, 
Jason Fitz. Together like Voltron, we make one dominant team. Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio, presented by Progressive Insurance. Drivers who switch and save with Progressive save nearly $700 on average. Now, you know the game here. We're going to play you some takes. And in the process of ta- playing those takes, we're going to react to whether they are good or whether they are hot. If it's a take we agree with, it's a good take. If somebody's lost their damn mind, it's a hot take. Before we do any of that, I do have a question for my co-host, Terry Douglas. Because, you know, if you watch us in the app, you realize the first two hours of our show is uh, something you can watch in the ESPN app. The third hour is an exclusive just to our friends here at radio. My question is, why'd you wait till we went to just radio to sit there and suck on a Capri Sun like a four-year-old? I mean, the minute we were suddenly on radio only, Harry's over here stuffing his face with pizza and a Capri Sun. Like, all I see is the back of the Capri Sun, and I hear the sound. Like, what are we doing over there, HD? Like, that, you- that's, the, that's the thing that gets you about, like, when you're on TV as well. Like, you can't eat and really drink normally like you would do as if you weren't, weren't on camera. Okay. So as soon as I had the opportunity, I went up there and warmed me up some pizza. Okay. I came back down here and ate it, and I drank a Capri Sun with it. One of my kids, my daughter, was mad. She was like, that's my Capri Sun. I told her, be quiet. What do, I bought them. What flavor of Capri Sun are we talking about here? This one, I actually hate the flavor, but you know, all we have is water in the house right now. I got to go to the store. It's like lemonade. Uh-huh. So I actually hate the flavor. But I needed something else besides something water. Different. Yeah, like Harry Douglas and I are both squarely in the anti-water campaign. The difference is one of us was a professional athlete and one of us was a professional fat kid. I'll let you guys decide which one was which. All right, let's get into the uh, good take, hot take. And uh, we'll start with the take that everybody keeps talking about. Mario Chalmers, former NBA point guard, was on Playmaker. And this is what he said about fear of LeBron. Nobody fears LeBron. Nobody's like, damn, I gotta go play this Brock tonight. Nobody said that. I don't know why. Right. Because I've seen people be scared when they actually line up to them, but they're not scared thinking about that matchup. Right. You hear anybody from that era talk about going against Jordan, there's a fear. Right. So when you have people that fear a player, then that's telling you something different already. Like, Jordan's just that guy. Like, everything was, I wanna be like Mike. Uh, what do you think? Good take or hot take? Nobody fears LeBron, but everybody feared MJ. Listen, I've heard all the people this week talking about fear and all this, all this, this nonsense. How people listen, people feared Michael Jordan. I don't care what anybody says. When Michael Jordan showed up, people feared him. Now, people once feared LeBron James because of his size and the way he gets downhill and the way he could dominate the game. He's a little older now, so that no longer occurs. And I've seen this happen. It may have been last year, I think, Luka. Luka started to attack LeBron late in a game last season. And I know his coach, Jason Kidd, put him up to it. So I like this. This is a good take. It feels like a hot take. I, I just Hot like, take alert. It feels like a hot take. People, like, somebody somewhere's got to fear LeBron. Uh, there's just no way. Uh, you're, you're walking. Or, you know, look, I, I'm not scared of playing against Harry Douglas on a seven-on-seven flag football game. You know why I'm not scared? Because I know you're going to kick my ass, so I got nothing to be scared of. Maybe you just walk on the court and you're like, yep, he's LeBron. He's going to crush me. I'm not scared of him. I, I don't know. Or maybe you just thought that Michael Jordan was going to somehow get you to bet your lunch money I- I- during the game, too. I'm just saying uh, there's, there's fear for LeBron. Uh, th- there's got to be at some point. All right. Let's go next to Jim Laranaga, Miami's head coach, who said this about the NCAA tournament and expansion. 
I think there's so much parity in college basketball. We need to expand the NCAA tournament to another round. There needs to be 96 teams invited. You look at what Fairleigh Dickinson did. You look at what FAU has done. These are teams that maybe nobody heard about going into the tournament. Last year it was St. Peter's. The NCAA, we have 360 Division One teams and only uh, 68 make the dance. By the way, Jim Larinaga, let me correct myself. Sorry about that, Coach. What do you think, Harry? Good take or hot take? We should expand to 96. This is a hot take. He better be worried about the damn Houston Cougars. Talking about expanding to 96 teams. That, that's entirely too many. That's, into, that's too many, Fitz. Because I probably wouldn't watch, watch round one if it's that many teams. Yeah, I, I probably wouldn't watch till it got to you know 64. I, I'm with you. I think this is a hot take mostly because I can't handle that much alcohol. Like, I, I'm just thinking about day one, day two. Now you want to add an extra, like, day three and day four before we get to it. These marathons, let's face it, it's more fun when you're sitting in a sports bar. I get that. Like, even as a guy that has multiple TVs in my house, uh, sitting next to each other, I could watch them one place. I don't. I want to be out with the people, right? I get out with the people. I'm out there getting drunk. I Like, my, my liver can't handle expansion. I mean, he played the Houston Cougars, and they were, he worried about the, the NCAA tournament getting expanded. How many TVs do you have? Uh, well, I mean, in the whole house or just where I watch? I mean, the number in the house is fairly obscene. But in the, the main watch area, I've got three right there that I can watch. Side wow. by side many, side. How, totally. How many do you have in your house? If I, if I had to guess, probably eight. You eight must TVs. be rich. Wow. Hey, Fitzy. Look, you can fit my house in the left wing. And I don't mean left as in like west because Harry's got such a mansion. He's got like a, a left and a far left and a far right. and a right. Oh, you've got, you moved? Douglas? Yeah, you moved. sold Douglas, Phil? Yeah, uh, who knew? He owns a whole city. I'm with my parents again. Hey, Devin, how many how many uh, how many TVs do you have there, Devin? I have two. Okay. Okay. Well, you know what? Maybe if you don't go oh. on all inclusive trips to Dublin for 14 weeks <laughs> in the middle of the season, uh, you'd have more money. Did Harry just say so. "oh" to my two TVs? Oh, oh look at this oh. guy. Oh. <laughs> Devin also has an eye mask he wears when he sleeps, which we're still not really 100 percent certain. Oh, that, I love it so much. It's yeah. so great. I know, but I'm just saying that, like. Uh, it's just a lady. Let's move on. Huh? Okay. Uh, we're going <laughs> next. Oh, all right. Let's go next to Buster Olney. Uh, Major League Baseball insider said this on Get Up about Shohei and how much money he is about to earn in free agency. I think the Angels will keep him throughout the year. Their owner, Artie Moreno, is on the record as saying, if we're competing, we're going to keep him, and then he'll become a free agent. And Brian, the question at that point is, is, is the offer that he signs start with the number five or start with the number six? $500 million plus, $600 million plus. I think it's going to be $600 million plus because there's nobody else in baseball that can do what he can do, that can replicate his production, replicate his marketability. We're going to be talking about him through the trade deadline. We're going to be talking about him going into the offseason and all the way through free agency. Mets, Dodgers, maybe the Yankees, maybe the Mariners, and the Angels trying to keep him. He's going to have enormous bidding for the best player in the world. Well, that's a good take uh, because, you know, my beloved Mets are going to pay whatever it takes to make sure the show, hey, comes on home to where he really belongs. The the right team, the rightful team to the throne as the team in New York. And then I'm just going to sit here and laugh at you all year when Shohei and the Mets kick the snot out of the Braves. Wow. This is a great take. Not what you just said at the end, but this is a great take. <laughs> Because you look at the modern-day Babe Ruth, and I do agree with Jeff Passion that said that he's better than Babe Ruth. Babe Ruth didn't play against 
minorities and black people and Latino guys and stuff in in, in baseball. Shohei Otani, what he's doing, pitching the baseball, hitting the baseball, and being dominant at both is phenomenal in an era which I think baseball is more difficult to play as well. When he uh, when he's pitching against the Braves for the Mets, you're going to come on up and we'll go over and uh, check that game out. Is that what's going to happen there? Harry? You go look at what happened the last time Otani uh, pitched against the Braves. Well, go you know at, what? Look, look, look the bro clock is right twice a year. And besides, uh, at the time, show hey wasn't on the Mets. <laughs> Once he goes to the Mets, everything's going to be just fine. I'm telling you, that's a, so now. So they're going to have Verlander, Scherzer, and Otani, all three. I'm sorry, but when you've got a wealthy owner, I don't care where that wealthy owner spends his six hundred million dollars. <laughs> it's pocket change. Now, that's like you know that that's like an extra cup of coffee for the did, Mets. What did you what? say, bro? Clock or broke clock? Like a, is that like broken, the bro code? A broken clock. <laughs> you, it sounded broke, like you, you said it really, clock. really fast. It sounded like bro clock. I also think you said it's right twice a year. Yeah, and said it twice a day. So you really oh. screw that up. Uh, okay, that's probably fair. I, I want know, a bro clock though. Well, uh, see Mets. You see Mets fans. You see what I you're just, getting. I, I just need us to capture the moment of Evan <laughs> with his. I want a bro clock. I, I just I don't I don't know what that that's like, Evan. Uh, but you know we'll get there. Your voice. Hold on. When you make fun of me, your voice doesn't have to go higher. Like your voice is high enough as it is. You don't need to go <laughs> higher to do my impression. Maybe a little raspy. But like, definitely not higher. Oh, like, yeah. definitely not higher. And definitely, definitely not higher. Uh, look, somebody take away his phone book and make him go back to the child seat. All right. Uh, with all of these takes, there was one take that is so hot, that is so outrageous, that is so incredible, that it deserves its own discussion. And it has to do with the failings of the Philadelphia Eagles. You'll hear it next. Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio. The NFL's free agency period continues. The quarterback dominoes go on. Geographically, where would you rather be? From the top available players to the teams on the hunt for new talent. Your head starts spinning when you start thinking of the quarterback permutations. Get up to date every morning with Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max. And it continues all day right here on ESPN Radio. Fitz and Harry, the podcast. Liquor was the only love I know. It's Fitz and Harry. But you rescue me from reaching the bottom. Harry Douglas, Jason Fitz. And brought me back. Presented by. Being too far gone. Progressive Insurance. You're smooth. Smooth. Tennessee whiskey. Oh, sing it. Your sweet <laughs> strawberry wine. Oh, God. All right. It's Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio. Chris Stapleton, call us. Come on the show anytime. The people didn't know I had it in me. I listen to everything, ladies and gentlemen. Everything. 
You know, but here's the thing. I, you do, which I'm really impressed by. But I just don't know why you feel like you need to prove that every time like a white song comes on. Like I don't know, like anytime it's the first a, time I did it. Like, like anytime Hush. like a hip hop song comes on, <laughs> I don't come out and be like, "Hey, all surprise!" It's <laughs> the first time I did it. Fitz. The very first time I've done it, literally. <laughs> oh, oh my God, making things uncomfortable one day at a time. That's Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio. Unless you're not, uh, unless you're not enjoying the show, in, in which case this is Candy and Carlin, and we really appreciate you hanging out with us, uh, <laughs> CJ Gardner John. Johnson, uh, obviously left the Eagles to go to the Lions, and he went to his press conference uh, uh, pumped up. And I do want to at least stress here that when a player is at the podium, they should be proud and happy about where they're going. They get excited. But he said something at his press conference that made ears perk up and everybody suddenly go, what? When he said this. This team is talent. We can win a division. Everybody should feel that way. But when I look at a team coming from where I came from, all the teams I played on, won multiple divisions, been to playoff games, been to the Super Bowl, this team has what it takes to, you know what I'm saying, get there and win a division, get to the playoffs. But it got to start with what's your identity? Who are you? Not think that's going to start when we get back with each other on a mandatory date to kick in. All right, that, that that wasn't bad. That wasn't bad. But he did, in the uh, process of talking about the roster, also mention that the Lions roster is an upgrade from the Eagles. That's where things get a little bit interesting. Like the concept that the roster for the Lions would actually be better than the roster for the Eagles. Maybe today, after a bunch of players left Philly. But I think it's a stretch to say that where he came from last year with that team, the way they were built versus this year with what he's walking into with the Lions – uh, are you buying that today's Lions are more talented than last year's Eagles? No, I'm not. And we all, well, most of us have seen the Eddie Murphy stand up delirious. Yeah, he's delirious <laughs> in saying that. Because you look at the quarterback positions. Are you taking Jared Goff over Jalen Hurts? Nope. No. Are you taking the wide receivers for the, Lions, for the Lions over the Eagles wide receivers? Nope. No. Are you taking the offensive line? Of the in which they have a good offensive line, but are you taking them over the Eagles' offensive line? Nope. No. Are you taking the tight end in which they traded T.J. Hawkinson to the Minnesota Vikings? Are you taking the tight end over Dallas Goddard? Nope. Okay. Are you taking the defensive line for the Lions over the defensive line who still has Brandon Graham, Jordan Davis, Fletcher Cox, Josh Sweat, and Hassan Reddick? Are you still are you taking the defensive line over the Lions? Nope. Okay, then let me get to the secondary. Are you taking the secondary, even though they revamped it, and I love what the move that the Lions have made, over James Bradbury and Darius Slay? No. Okay, all right. So he is delirious. <laughs> he is delirious. I mean, Th- that's I, the conclusion we've come to. I do understand going in and feeling some kind of way about where the Lions are right now. Coming off of a playoff appearance, coming off of a team that obviously has a ton of momentum, coming off of a team that had every opportunity to lose down the stretch and really be the Lions of the past like there's a new identity a new sort of uh, a new emotion behind what it means to be a Detroit Lion so I buy all of that and I do think the Lions are well positioned this year to take another step forward I I believe in the way the roster is built today I believe that the uh, NFC North overall is going to be a bad division I believe they have a great chance to get to the playoffs and if they get there maybe make a run like I I think the Lions are in a much different conversation than we've had about the Lions historically I also don't think that you have to take anything away from the Eagles in the process of that. Like, even going into this year, I would favor the Eagles over the line simply based on the fact that we've seen the Eagles do this before. Well, also, I mean, if you see Jay Gardner-Johnson, you got to look at the the way you guys played on the Eagles football team, where you guys went. You went to the Super Bowl, right? You were so close to winning the Super Bowl, but you got there. 
The Lions are trying to get to the playoffs, in which I think in 2023 they will make the playoffs, but they're trying to get there because they haven't been there in so long. They're, think, trying, to, they're trying to get there. And, and to that end, I think when you start thinking about what the Lions have built, maybe it's a, a matter, and, and you know, obviously when we talk about the Lions and where they're headed, that's the conversation that's changed so much. Like the thought of almost like when we were talking to Matt Barnes earlier and he mentioned Sacramento and we talked about how the Kings are suddenly in a different conversation. They took a big leap forward. I think that's what the Lions did last year, right? Like they took a big leap forward and they put themselves in these conversations. So that's great. I just think that you also have to temper those expectations down a little bit. Like I know it's not the Lions of five years ago and I know it's great to have good conversations about them, but I also think you have to sort of acknowledge where the Lions have been in a franchise and there is a little bit of a I'm going to wait to see it before I actually believe that it can consistently happen. You know what I mean? Like I, I think well, the Lions have to show some consistency. There's, there's nothing wrong with believing, but you don't have to express it to everyone. Like if you feel that way, keep it to yourself because a lot of us going to think it's nonsense and it's crazy because yeah. we see with our own eyes we're still on the roster for the Eagles and where they were last season versus the Lions who have a lot of talent and they're an up-and-coming team, but they still got to you know get over that hump and make the playoffs still. Yeah, I, I think it's fair to be in on the Lions this year. Uh, and, and look, when, when's the last time they went to the playoffs? 16? So they went to the playoffs in 2016, 2014, 2011. It's the only three times since 2000 they've gone to the playoffs, right? So I think it's fair to be in on the Lions this year. I also think it's fair to have some hesitation about the Eagles this year. But I also think that when you look at these things, you got to admit that if you're an Eagles fan right now, you're saying, hey, we did things nobody thought we could do last year. We trust our GM to be able to build towards the draft again. We trust our ability to restock the roster. The Eagles were obviously comfortable letting C.J. Gardner-Johnson walk, right? Like that that was part of this equation. Uh, if you're the Lions, you look at it and say, we had one glaring weakness we need to, needed to fix, and that was the defensive side of the ball, and we're addressing it. So I think there's a little bit of polypositivity on both sides of it. Uh, but I'm still like, if I had to bet my house on one or the other, it's hard to bet your house on the Lions until you see them actually do it. No, I'm going uh, to have to go ahead and put my house up on the Eagles. Oh, you're putting your house up on, uh, again, not a if house. If I had to choose between the two. If I had to choose between the two. Okay, now, that that is fair. All right. We're uh, talking about the, the Eagles with the best quarterback in the NFC, Fitz. That is such a good part point in this and such an under-talked about. Like, Jalen Hurts is the best quarterback in the NFC. So, clearly, uh, that would that we would expect great things. We also expect great things tonight from one player returning to the floor in the NBA. We'll tell you about it next. Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio. It's an NBA primetime doubleheader. First in Dallas, the Mavs welcome the Golden State Warriors. Then in L.A., the Lakers face the Phoenix Suns. Coverage begins tonight at 7 Eastern on ESPN Radio and on ESPN. You can also listen on the ESPN app and on Sirius XM Channel 80. Presented by Indeed. Find the top products and quantities you need when you need them. Lowe's Knows Pros. Fitz and Harry, the podcast. One, two, three. 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 Three.
everywhere he goes, phones were already out. But that's magnified times 100 when you know it's somebody that's just coming out of a, a, tr- a counseling facility and all of a sudden people are going to want to catch him messing up. That's where we live in. They don't want to catch you doing great. People want to catch you doing things that you shouldn't be doing. So he's going to be under more pressure, under more of a magnifying glass, under more of people overanalyzing everything he does while he's also got to deal with that stress. I think this is an important reminder to Ja that off the court, when you're talking about just life, it's not about to get easier. It's going to get harder because he's going to see more pitfalls than ever. Three hours later. Tonight, all expectations are as we will see Ja Morant on the court. Houston takes on Memphis in Memphis. I think an important note here in Memphis. So after 11 days in Florida at a treatment facility to learn how to better deal with stress, he's expected to make his return on home court against the Rockets tonight. Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM channel. Lady Harry Douglas, Jason Fitz were presented by Progressive Insurance. And, you know, we talked about this earlier and you just heard the, the moment we had earlier talking about the pitfalls. And one thing I think when I realize he's making his debut expectedly tonight uh, after this, his, his return, I should say, tonight, Harry, what hits me is the article we talked about when he first went into the treatment facility where they talked about the fact that on the road, they've changed their travel plans. They change when they leave, especially in appealing cities to try and stay away from nightlife. They're doing all of these things to try and keep guys out of trouble. I do think it's significant that his first game back, he will be in a home arena where he can then afterwards deal with sort of decompressing after a game in a home atmosphere. Yeah, and I think travel is different for sports. Because I know football, when you're having a road game, like we have curfews, or we when I did play, we had curfews. And, you know, you can go eat dinner or whatnot, but but a certain time you had to be in the room, right? Basketball, because my brother played, like they go to the hotel, they put their stuff down, they go do whatever they want. Just as long as they make it to shoot around the next morning and they're ready for the game. <laughs> like literally. And now I'm not, gonna, I'm not even going to name a, a Celtics player, but literally they were playing the Hawks. In a playoff game, right? Me and my brother, we're out with them. Two Celtics players. One of them drunk half a bottle of Goose by himself. The other one had some tequila, more than half a bottle, and went out and had a hell of a performance on that basketball court out there against the Atlanta Hawks the next the next night. Well, and that's where it comes into, like I said, routine. You know, and I'll there was one artist I, I won't name, but I I was on tour with uh, for a period in life. Or I was on the same tour, I should say. And he battled a, a lot of addiction issues. And uh, when he was playing his last song, they always backed the bus right up to the stage. And he walked off the stage immediately into the bus. And a lot of people that were there that like worked at the concert thought it was because there was this big ego and he didn't want to hang out with people. It was never that. It was he knew that there was a trigger for him being in the arena after a concert while he decompressed. So he needed to get out of that arena right away so that he could stay safe and live the way he wanted to live his life and that he wouldn't have any addiction rehab issues. And so uh, obviously everybody's different as they go through some process of recovery. But even for Jaw ja talking about dealing with stress, being at home, it takes away a big variable post-game if he's dealing with stress. Like, I think it makes a lot of sense. No, it, it does. And being home, you're more comfortable, right? You can go back to your house where you, where you lay your head at majority of the times and, and be with your family versus on the road, you know, being in a hotel room by yourself and so many things are creeping in your mind. Hey, what if I go do this? He's at home. Uh, but I, I think Ja's going to take a step forward in the right direction, and I'm, I'm just really looking forward to seeing him thrive and, you know, get through 
uh, the stress part of things and, 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 and be the face of uh, not just the franchise, but of the NBA as well. Another piece of NBA news coming out from Woj just a few minutes ago. According to ESPN sources, after imaging today, Clippers star Paul George has a sprained right knee and will be reevaluated in two to three weeks. So that's where we stand. We talked about the fact that, you know, they can't just can't get right, right? There's a moment here for the Clippers where they're not going to have Paul George for at least two to three weeks. He will then be reevaluated. Important context there. That doesn't mean he's back, Harry. That just means they'll look at it again in two to three weeks. Well, two or three weeks, that's a long time for the Clippers because they're trying to make the playoffs. They're in the five seat right now. They have 30, 38 wins, 35 losses. But they have games against the Lakers. They have games against the Grizzlies twice. They, they play the Oklahoma City Thunder, who's not playing bad, who's playing very well, actually, at the moment. And then they play the Phoenix Suns. So that's five of the last nine games they could potentially lose. Well, you could potentially lose any game, but I don't think they have time to even spare. Now, I know he's hurt, but this just lets you know that the Clippers just can't get right, man. Also, we want to get you caught up on another piece of breaking news. All this coming down the pipeline at once. Miko Hardman, a wide receiver, has agreed to a one-year deal with the Jets. Sources oh. tell Jeremy Fowler. With the Jets. So Hardman, uh, the, the Jets still don't know who their quarterback is, but they add another weapon here. Yeah, I don't understand this one, though, because you have Elijah Moore, and Elijah Moore does a lot of the same things that Miko Hardman does. Also, if Aaron Rodgers and the trade does go through, what if he wants Randall Cobb? Is Randall Cobb now out of the equation? Or is Elijah Moore going to be with the trade for well, with it, for Aaron Rodgers? So a lot of things to think about in, in that capacity. Yeah, and, and look, you and I, uh, there was a clip that went up from the show a few weeks ago uh, talking about the Jets' approach uh, in this moment and giving Aaron Rodgers essentially whatever he asked for when it comes to the wide receiver position and the number of Jets fans that have just spent weeks at this point, or a week at this point, just destroying my menchies every day about what idiots we are. Uh, look, I, I don't know how to make sense of any of this, right? Like, until we know what the quarterback solution is and then what the wide receiver room looks like at the end of all of this shuffling, I don't think we can really know. So they're adding another piece, but to your point, it feels like a redundant piece. And now, uh, for the next couple of weeks, we're going to see a ton of rumors about whether or not Elijah Moore is available, right? Like, that's the inevitability. But, but, but here's the thing. Elijah Moore is on a rookie contract. Yep. Now you're you're bringing someone in free agent wise, and now you have to pay this veteran player now versus Elijah Moore and his, you know, rookie contract. Yeah, one report here uh, has it as a one year deal for six point five million. We haven't confirmed that yet, but we will continue to try to. But to your point, there's a a, a constant value in rookie contracts, which is also why Elijah Moore would have value if they tried to trade him it's it's become a draft day tradition drafting wide receivers and then trading wide receivers it's the two things you know are going to happen every single year on the draft in the meantime what you know is going to happen all day here is that ESPN radio is going to keep you caught up on everything you need to know Kenny and Carlin coming up next thanks so much for hanging out with us he's Harry Douglas I'm Jason Fitz it's Fitz and Harry on ESPN radio you've been listening to the Fitz and Harry podcast you can listen to the guys live weekdays from noon to 3 Eastern on ESPN Radio. And you can watch on the ESPN app.